All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more thing. Tight, tighten up your core thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Four Things Podcast. Amy here. And I am doing a little intro for today's episode because I wanted to set up my girl, Jess Connolly, that I'm having on for all four things today. So proud of her. She recently came out with a book called Breaking Free from Body Shame. And, you know, I've been doing my own work when it comes to body image and disordered eating habits and food issues and just loving myself and knowing that I am good. And Jess has been such an encouragement to me. I follow her on Instagram. She's at Jessa Connolly, J-E-S-S-A and then Connolly. Her website is jessconnolly.com and She's just someone that I followed for quite some time in the Christian space. I was at a women's retreat with her, like a really small one that Jessica Honiger hosted a few years ago out at her ranch. There was probably about five or six women out there. I looked up to every single one of them and learned so much from them over the weekend. And it was just very empowering. So her book talks about how the world has labeled our bodies as less than, and she wants you to be able to rest in God's workmanship. 
and she wants you to experience restoration where there has been hurt. Uh, She's really awesome in how she presents it. I've read the book. I think it's amazing and wonderful. She's got questions at the end of certain parts that help prompt you to sit with more of what she's saying, share your own experience, write things out. And the four things we're going to cover today are hope in high-waisted jeans, brave space, your body is not a project, and then we'll close out with gratitude. So here is my chat with my friend Jess, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Jess, and for the first thing we're going to get into, a super, what I thought was a cute little headline in your book called Hope in High-Waisted Jeans. And the story you told behind that, I just didn't know if you would tell listeners about it. I mean, obviously, I don't want to give away a lot of your book. I want listeners to get it, but I just thought it was such an impactful story and such a you know, like Oprah likes to say, like an aha mm-hmm. moment Yeah, for you. So let's just tell people about hope in high-waisted jeans. I love that you love that story because it's true. It's like so many of the aha moments, so many of these life-changing, you know, wild moments that we have don't look wild to anyone else, right? Like they're just us. They're just living. It's just a Monday. It's a Tuesday. It's a Wednesday. And then all of a sudden some little thing happens. But yeah, so my story, really one of the most hopeful moments for me in my journey of breaking free from body shame was this. I had I'd started to apply some truth. I had started to change the way I thought about body image, but sadly, not, not many people around me agreed with that or, or certainly would speak that into me. Right. Um, because we're just conditioned all of us from the earliest age to think that like smaller, tighter, better, stronger is good. So I was trying to believe these things about myself. I was trying to believe in this freedom that was mine for the taking to to really genuinely believe that my body was good. And one of the small ways I was fleshing that out was I was just not adhering to any of the rules about what I was supposed to wear anymore. And so I'm a curvy, short girl. I mean, I am like five, four and curvy. And so one thing, if you're five, four and overly curvy that you're not supposed to wear, I'm doing air quotes, obviously is high-waisted jeans because they make you look shorter. They make you look curvy or whatever. They make you look like you're pregnant. And I'm going to interject here to, to paint a picture for people. And I, I read Jessica Simpson's book. Yes. Have you read open book I or listened love to it? her book? <laughs> It's so good, but that's a tabloid moment. That was a a very, like, I remember seeing that when she discussed that in her yes. book, it's like, oh yeah. I mean, that was over all over every TMZ, every magazine, everyone was talking about it. And it's because she decided to wear high-waisted jeans and then everyone had a comment about her body 100%. and that she looked pregnant and she her mom jeans and this and that which nobody had the right to be commenting about her body anyway. But that's what, sorry, I just want to interject to paint a picture of people are trying to, you know, even Jessica Simpson was shamed for wearing the high-waisted jeans. 100%, 100%. And so I just was like, forget it. I think these are cute. I'm going to wear them. I'm going to wear high-waisted jeans. So I bought the high-waisted jeans and I wore them to the place where, you know, I I felt the most brave for me, which was my church because I I helped lead my church. And so I was like, listen, I'm going to just show up go after God, where do whatever I need to do in my high-waisted jeans. And I didn't think much more about it. And a few days later, there was this young, like wild, fun college girl that I'd been hanging out with. Her name was Lily. 
and she had actually interned for me at my small business. And she was just, she was creative and she was an artist and she was so cool. And she was going away to Paris to study because again, she's coolest. And so she was coming to hang out with me, have coffee with me one time before she left for Paris. And she was sitting on my sofa and she just said, Hey, I wanted to tell you that I saw those high-waisted jeans. And she said, when I saw you like worshiping and being free in your body in those high-waisted jeans, she was like, it made me love my body. It made me love like the shape of my body. And it was, she was just the first person for me who had ever kind of mirrored back. Our bodies are good. And, and that's crazy that at the time, maybe I'm like 32. And this is the first person who's ever looked in my in my eye and kind of give me that glint rebellion that was like, we can believe this. We can live into this. And it was a breaking moment of hope for me where I was just like, okay, I think we can change our minds about this. I think culture can change. I think that the way women talk about their bodies can change. So when did you decide you wanted to write this book? Truly, I've been talking about it since before I felt ready to to write it for certain. I think maybe, maybe since 2016, I'm, we've thrown around the idea of like, at some point I'll write a body book or write this book about body image when, when I'm ready, when I'm ready. And so last March, the very first week of March, 2020, I flew to have a meeting with my editor and we sat at a table and she said, you know, I think that it's time. I think it's time to write the body image book. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see, like, we'll think about it. Then the next week, the pandemic hit the United States and we're all shut down and locked down in our homes. And I I put the conversation out of my head. I I wasn't going to be that girl that wrote a book in the pandemic. You know, I was just getting through. I was just trying to take care of my people and live my life. And she called me in early April and she said, let's, let's hop on the phone and just talk about books and what you're thinking. And she said, Hey, how are you feeling about your body right now? Like, how are you feeling about your body, you know, four or five weeks into this pandemic? And I was like, well, I'm pretty disappointed. Like it's a lot to handle right now. I've been like sitting and like, I'm stressed and I'm a little anxious and I'm, I'm eating a good bit. She was like, how do you think, you know, the women of the world are feeling about their bodies right now? I was like, pretty disappointed and frustrated. She was like, how do you think they're going to feel a year from now? And so that next day I was like writing this book. So it really took for me the pandemic. And I think then every little meme I saw about not wanting to put hard pants back on and the, you know, the COVID-15, every, then every other little thing I saw, I was like, we're doing it. We're going for it. We got to do it. Yeah. I think that, that once you're in this part of, you know, you've seen the light right, yeah. of wanting to go against diet culture and rewrite the story that we've been told for years and years and years. And it sounds like it was impressed upon you well before me. You were feeling it mm-hmm. in 2016. But it, it, I got goosebumps when you said March of 2020 was when it really was like your your editor said, I think it's time. I, yeah. When you said that, I got goosebumps because the light bulb had gone off for me in 2019. We launched Outweigh, which mm. is our podcast on disordered eating. Well, we launched it inside this podcast, The Four Things, because I didn't know it was going to have legs to be its own thing. Yeah. I just knew that it was important and it needed to be a discussion. And we did a four-part series, which we recorded in March of 2020. And then we're going to play throughout the four weeks in April, one a week. Mm. And it came at such an important time. Like, I feel you on that. It was just this, we were inundated with so much fear, not only fear that we were going to get some virus, but then fear that we were going to gain weight because everyone online was telling us that. 
And we had to go back in and actually add some new intros to the content we had created because we were living in this crazy world. We couldn't just ignore it. And so we were now treading in unknown territory and having conversations around this topic of body image and food and, and diet culture and all the things, but we had to add in this new twist. So I think it's, gosh, it's so fitting that you, you wrote it at that right time. Cause you got, you were coming from a perspective that was even giving you more yeah, <laughs> motivation absolutely. to get it done. And I'm so proud of you. I, I love the book so much. And, you know, what about some of the other lies? I know that you, you know, something you've been told about your body is, okay, you're short, you're, you're curvy. You're not supposed to wear high-waisted jeans, but do you have any other messages that come to mind that, you know, we're on replay in your head about what others had told you? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I, I could go through the body parts. I mean, you know, as a woman online, I have a one particular troll who continually makes new accounts after I block her. And I'm assuming it's a her, it might not be, it might be a him, but she likes to come from my forehead. I have a super expressive forehead and I happen to have not gotten Botox. Now at this point, it's like kind of just out of spite that I'm like, that's right. My forehead moves like it has lots of stuff in it. Um, and so I, I could go through the body parts. Of like the first time I heard it, I heard a boy in high school mention the size of my arms, right? Or, you know, the phrases. I, I, I really am cautious to use them because I know for so many people, they're so triggering. So even some of like the nicknames, the phrases that have yes. been spoken. So mm-hmm. we could go through all of those. But, you know, some of the deeper stuff for me was the lies that I really struggled with were like, I can't trust my body that I can't, the ways that it hasn't like performed or necessarily functioned correct medically. Like I can't trust it. I felt so distrustful of it. I felt very wary of my body. Like, I don't know what it's going to do in response to this thing. And it's interesting, even like bringing the pandemic into it. I ended up writing about this in the very end of the book, just about one paragraph, but on the scale of caution about COVID, I was very cautious. I was very nervous. I have an autoimmune disorder. So I was very, uh, I was anxious about getting it. I didn't want to get the virus. I ended up getting it um, in the fall. And even it was so interesting having to watch my thought patterns about what I thought about, basically just what I've been told that like, this this is broken. It's going to act broken. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be hard. It's going to be heavy. This is not going to go well. And so learning to balance those things with the truth that like, sometimes my body does malfunction and sometimes it does get sick. Sometimes it does need medicine and help and rest and, and all the things that keep it healthy or keep it functioning, but that that doesn't make it innately bad or broken has been the, the fight. And honestly, what you know, what we know is like, wherever there's fight, there's freedom. Right. And so like fighting through those feelings of like, but it does, it does like feel weakness and it does experience pain and it does sometimes get sick, but does that mean I can't trust it? Does that mean it's not good? Does that mean I can't love it? Does it mean I can't honor it? Does it mean I can't value it? it has been the, the question and the wrestle for me. What are some things that have helped you create those new pathways in your brain to where you continuously, is it part of your, your prayer life, speaking it into yourself, speaking it to others? Like, do you have mantras that you like, or what is, what does that look like for you? Because you, it takes work. You don't just say, okay, I'm going to think more positively about myself and trust my body and know that, you know, it is good and that I can wear this and you know, I'm just using the wearing as an example yeah. because of the high-waisted jeans. That is a tiny example, which by the way, shout out for, thank you for being aware of uh, what to say and that might be 
a trigger to somebody. I think it's so important that we stay aware of that because you have all kinds of people listening at any given moment and we don't want to trigger ever. Often on Outway, we give trigger warnings. Like, hey, we're about to discuss this heads up, but just thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. And so do my listeners. But do you have anything that's been helpful for you that's of encouragement to others that they maybe could uh, say to themselves over and over? Yeah, absolutely. I will, I'll say, I'll say the mantras in a second. I've, I've got a few catchphrases that feel really helpful. But in terms of detox, I, I talk through like these four different areas that I like to detox my life from. And the first is what I see. So I'm the first thing that I'm very cautious about is I'm really cautious about what I look at. We know this in right in, in regards to like ads and media, et cetera. But for me, this is even as specific as like the pair of jeans hanging in my closet that that don't fit anymore that I keep hanging on to. Like one of the things that I finally had to do was like, let go of that. Like, why am I looking at that every day? Like, why am I looking at this reminder, you know? But even for me, like one small shift I had to make in what I see, I stopped using filters on Instagram because I was like, I'm just tricking my own brain into thinking I need to look like this. And and then feeling disappointed when I see my raw face. So the, the first area that I really pay attention to is what I see. The second is what I hear. And again, we know obvious things like this, like, right, let's don't listen to music that is about the objectification of women. Like that's not helpful. We get that stuff stuck in our heads and then we become like the refrain of it. But also um, removing myself from conversations where other women talk about their bodies in a negative way, like genuinely just, I'll just walk away or even paying really close attention to how women talk about their bodies on TV or or other things that I listen to. And I say this, I I like to give like the big examples and the normal examples and the small ones, because I feel like it helps. So my small example of what I hear is, I don't know if anybody likes that band Bastille. I love that band Bastille. (laughs) They have this one really great song where in the chorus, it says something about like, it's always going to be this way. I can't remember what, I stopped listening to it a few years ago. This is my point. Um, It's this really, it's a good catchy song. I used to run to it. And in the chorus, he says, it's always going to be this way. It's always going to be this way. It's always going to be this way. And I realized that as I would run, I would be thinking that about my body. It's always going to be this way. It's always going to be this way. It's always going to be this way. So like even those small things that we hear, the third thing that I work, I have worked on detoxing and paying attention to is just physically what I say. So I made a commitment that no negative word about my body crosses my lips. Just not a single one. This means I don't critique pictures after I take a group picture. This means like in the quiet of my room, I don't like say something negative when I look in the mirror. I definitely don't do it around my kids or my husband around other women that I lead or um, that I work with, but just don't say negative things about my body. And what's interesting is when you decide like not a negative word is going to cross my lips about my body, you're, you really start to hear the negative thoughts too. And then you're like, I don't even want to think this. (laughs) Um, And so you can then capture the thoughts so much quicker which then really leads to the mantras. But the fourth thing that I really have tried to detox from is just what I do. So I try not to do any activities in my body that I'm just doing to strive or that I'm just doing to like prove a point or that I'm just doing to impress other people. So if I exercise, it's because I want to, it's because it's worshipful and it's life-giving and it's healthy for me. And When I eat, I'm not eating to prove a point. I'm not eating to make anybody else happy. I'm not eating what I think I should eat. I'm eating what is the 
the best thing I can eat to love my body well in that moment. So those are the kind of like detoxes, the things I had to take off. Like, so I had to take off the negative things I was seeing and that I was hearing and that I was saying and that I was doing. And then the mantras I put on is like, this is a good body. I'll put my hand on my head, my hands on my chest and just say like, this is a good body. Sometimes I'll just say like, my mind can be changed about my body. I think so often, like we think that what we feel or what we, what we believe about our body has to be what we feel or what we believe for the rest of our lives. And it just doesn't like we can change our mind. We have the gift of science, which it leads us to neuroplasticity, meaning like we can change our, our minds about things. And um, so the idea that my body is good, I'll say shame off you a lot to myself in the mirror, shame off you, shame off you, shame off you, not shame on you, never shame on you. I wouldn't wish shame on my worst enemy. So I'll speak those things. Your body is good. Shame off you. And lots of things about being free to rest for me. Like you're free to rest. You don't have anything to prove. You're good. You're okay. You can experience weakness and still be good. Those all feel like important ones to me. But yeah, a lot of it has to do with like what I take off, what I get out of my life. Yeah. I love all of that from your detox tips to your, and it's the right kind of detox. (laughs) I still get so many emails from people because, uh, okay, shame Shame I'm off not you. Say shame on me. Shame off me. Yeah. But I used to just be in a different space mm-hmm. and I would share such toxicity on my Instagram or my podcast, but I didn't know the harm that I was doing, but yeah. I was always detoxing in some way, shape or form of like, you know, you name it, whatever. Everything was a detox. <laughs> like even though our bodies naturally detox on their own, I was always finding whatever remedy to detox faster. But so I love your version of detox, mm-hmm. which is the appropriate way I would like to ever use that word. And then your little mantras too, those are great. And to me, it was it is the opposite of that song that you had to stop listening to because it won't always be this way. Yeah. It won't. Yeah. And even going along with that, another reason to say shame off you because Amy, it is so powerful when women change their minds. So I just think about the thousands upon thousands upon millions probably of people that you have impacted because you changed your mind. Like that is incredible. So absolutely shame off you that you used to talk about detoxing because they all got to watch that and pay attention to that. And we, we don't even need to normalize changing our minds. We need to, we need to glorify it. We need to get excited about the fact that we get to grow. All right. Well, that's our hope and high-waisted jeans chat. And next, Jess, I want to talk about brave space. Second thing. Okay. So Jess, what does it mean to be in a brave space? Mm. So the first person I I heard use that phrase was Latasha Morrison. And I'm so grateful. I was actually doing a podcast interview with her and I said something about like, Hey, let's make this a safe space. And she was like, let's not, (laughs) let's make it a brave space (laughs) because in safe spaces, people feel free to just say whatever they want with no understanding of the impact. But in brave spaces, we do, we change. So we absolutely want people to feel safe enough to say what they're feeling and what they're acknowledging. And I would say this feels true for me for talking about body image. I want people to feel safe enough to be honest about how they feel about their body. If, if with no one else, just with themselves, like this is actually what I think, this is actually how I feel. But I think there's an invitation for us to then be brave and say, okay, but is that how I want to feel? And what would it look like if I wanted to step out of that? What would it look like if I wanted to grow past that? If we can't say when we're scared, then we fake it. 
then we become like people who number one, just act prideful all the time. Like we're not scared. Like nothing makes us vulnerable and nothing makes us tender. Or we just don't actually ever like step our foot into anything brave. And so it's so interesting. Again, the idea that I don't even want to just like normalize people saying they're scared. I want to celebrate people saying they're scared. And specifically in regards to talking about this, it's it's our bodies. It's so tender. It's, it's so important. It's where we experience the world. It's where we experience people. It's where we experience God. And so I think if we were super cavalier about it, about anything, but specifically about this, if we were really cavalier and like, it's fine, whatever, I'm fine. Everything's fine. That would be troublesome. <laughs> that would be worrisome. But you say like, I, I want to be brave, but also I'm terrified. That to me is just one of the most holiest things we can say. And also, you know, I've, I've loved this concept recently. I've been thinking a lot about this, the idea that you can't actually be brave until you're scared. People talk all the time about saying like, I want to be fearless, but like to be fearless means like you maybe are like, you're missing the point. Like maybe you don't know how important something is, or maybe you're prideful and you're like pushing it down, but you can't actually be brave until you access how scared you are. And when something matters, I don't think, I don't think fear should be painted as this weak feeling. Like it means that matters. I care about this. This is good. This is worthy. I want to do it well. I want to do it right. I want to handle it, but we can't actually be courageous until there's something to be courageous about. We can't actually be brave until we feel scared. So I love that. I say like, let's go scared into the brave space while also making sure we stay safe (laughs) to some degree. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you mentioned it's fine or everything is fine. I don't know. Did we send you a four things pullover? I can't remember if I sent it yet, but we have a, as part of our four things line, and this is the four things podcast, I'll send you one, but it says, I'm fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. And those are the four things. And I think some people get confused that we're like trying to say that it's fine. And they're like, no, nothing's fine. And we're like, that's, that's, that's the point of the shirt. It's like literally like nothing's fine. (laughs) So we're wearing it just to remind ourselves that it's okay. I love it. I love it. I'm with you. It's okay. Nothing's fine. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before we move off of brave space, I I just love that you put questions throughout the book too as like prompts for people to sit with and answer. I think that's one of the best things that I've seen in a few books that I've read recently is where I'm reading something, but then I'm also being prompted to think more about what the person has just said. And I'm I'm encouraged to write down and and writing is something that's newer to me and I'm I'm trying to do it not because I'm want to be a writer but as a as therapy. Why did you decide you wanted to put those questions in throughout the book? Well, it's interesting. You know, we're talking about we're talking about being brave and we're talking about doing things. And so, one of my biggest concerns in writing this book is that I didn't I didn't want to come across like an expert. I hadn't researched for years upon years. And so I, I am absolutely not like the expert on body image. If I'm the expert on anything, it's a woman who feels brokenness in her own body, who experiences weakness in her own body, who's, who's fought lies for years and has found a path to, to fight them with truth. But it doesn't mean that I do it right all the time or that I've done it right all the time or that I know all the answers to everything. But what I do feel 
like is my superpower a little bit <laughs> is asking honest questions. And I, I've just promised to never ask my readers questions that I haven't answered myself, but I really do believe, I think it's also because I trust my reader and I trust her so much. And I, I trust her to hear from God. I trust her to know what she needs. I trust her to know what's been hard for her and what the struggle has been for her. And so I think the book is so filled with questions because I want her to feel empowered to answer them with herself, to answer with what what feels true to her from her perspective in her body, with her story. And I also know that questions break up the status quo at the same time. You know, they they are like the pebble that, that knocks us over when we're running in the direction we shouldn't be going. So interestingly about the questions, what I did is that I wrote the book kind of fast and furiously in the, in the thick of the pandemic. So I wrote it in May and June, really of 2020. And in July, 2020, our family went away for a four week sabbatical and we were supposed to travel the world and do all these things with our kids. But because of the pandemic, we ended up just on genuinely kind of a deserted island with just our family. We had groceries brought over on a ferry. We had no laptops, no nothing, just being together. And so I took the book with me. I took the manuscript with me and I made myself answer every question in the book. And honestly, for me, I think what gave me so much freedom and gave me so much excitement about the book is that writing the book was life-giving and and digging into some of the words was life-giving, but answering the questions for me genuinely changed my life. So that's what makes me feel so excited and so hopeful and so expectant about her, about you, about whoever it is, like just genuinely answering those questions for themselves. Love that so much. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI owned brands right now online and in store for the entire month of May. You can join Macy's in supporting AAPI owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, uh, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover-up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. 
it could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual essential for women, 18 plus multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women. 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Okay, so on the back of your book, you have a quote. You were made for more than a love-hate relationship with your body. And I feel as though a lot of times we can look at our bodies as like some project. And you had a section of your book that was right in my face that said, your body is not a project. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about why that is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this started, but I wasn't somewhere good. But I think that for most of us, if we're very honest, which again, I think the questions, asking hard questions of ourselves helps. But I think for most of us, if we're honest, we view our bodies from some sort of project-based mentality, some place where we are, we're trying to get ready for something. Usually it's an event or some kind of milestone or marker, but sometimes I just think we're trying to get ready. And I think we see this in as clear places as like, 
getting our summer bodies together or getting ready for vacation or prepping for an event. But I also see it subtly in culture. You know where I've started to notice this, Amy, is how this is just super common. I say it. I'm sure a lot of your listeners say it, but even adult women now say like, when I grow up, like when I grow up, like when I grow up, I want to be that when I grow up or I want to be like her when I grow up. And it's because we've bought into this lie that there's like some place of arriving where we'll have our junk together and where we'll graduate from being ourselves. And so one of the biggest shifts for me was just stopping and ceasing and saying like, what if, okay, here's a wild question. Like, what if my body never got better in air quotes? Like, what if this is it? Is this good enough? Is this good? Is it lovely? Is it lovable? And I came back with the solid truth of like, yeah, it is. It's enough. It's good. It was made good. And even though it experiences weakness and even though it experiences brokenness, it's carried me through a lot. It's my closest friend. It's the person, it's the thing that's always going to be there for me when no one else is. So I say it's good. I say it's done. I say it's finished. I say the project's over. Like this is what it is. And that doesn't mean that I don't feed it well. And that doesn't mean that I don't move it well. And that doesn't mean that I don't give it what it needs. Like I do those things, but I do all of those things from the motivation that I'm treating it as if it's good, not trying to make it good. Yeah. I want you to say that again. Yeah. Say it loud for the people in the back because that's not what we've been told all along. Mm -mm. So what if it's done because... We can do all of those things because our body is good, but not because we're trying to make it good. What if it's already good? What if it's already good? What if it's already good? And for me, this this answers all the devil, devil's advocate questions that I get when I talk about body freedom. I get like, well, so does that mean you don't wear makeup? Like, no, I wear makeup because it's life-giving and it's fun and it's creative. Here's what I don't do. I don't wear it to be culturally acceptable. I don't wear it to earn the approval of other people. And I do let myself pay attention to when I'm tempted to do that. And then I don't. Mm -hmm. So does that mean you don't exercise? No, I exercise. Exercise is so great for our bodies. It gives us endorphins. It makes us happy. It helps us experience our own strength here on earth. I love exercise. I literally became a bar instructor after writing this book. I love exercise, but I don't do it to make anybody happy. And I don't do it to make my body good. And I don't do it to make it better because it can't become better because it's already good. Like one of your mantras from earlier, you also give yourself that permission and that freedom to rest. Yeah. And then like the minute you notice you might be doing something that is for a quote unquote project, you can back off from it. And I think that takes self-awareness. Yeah. Like people are going to have to be very dialed in with themselves and maybe stop and say, whoa, 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 why am I doing this? But yeah, I think that where you started with this is very on point with where a lot of people probably are, whether it's they're getting ready for a wedding, they're getting ready for a a, a big milestone birthday, they're getting ready for a vacation, they're getting ready for maybe even just the following weekend. Like, you know how you can go from like Monday to Friday, I'm going to be this. And then Mm -hmm. on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll be this. And then I wrap around and it's this vicious cycle So then you're not even really, like it's not even big event, life event type projects. You're on a project like every four or five days. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's this continual trying to be this version of your ideal self that is actually never gonna show up. I feel like after everything that Jess is saying, I keep wanting to say, I love that. (laughs) And I just, so I, sorry if I've said that a lot this episode, but everything she says, I, I do love. So uh, we'll get into gratitude next. Fourth 
Okay, so Jess, I would love it if you could share with us four things that you are currently thankful for. I love that you are into gratitude the way you're into gratitude. I'm so into gratitude. I'm a big gratitude girl. I start every day with a list. So what I've found is almost every single day I start my day saying I'm thankful for coffee because I am. I'm just so grateful for coffee. I can't believe we get to have it. Like, wow, thank you. Coffee's great. I am really grateful for Deacon. Deacon is my dog. And I just told you, Amy, he just made it through an ACL surgery. He had a torn ACL. I'm going to pick him up the second we get done with this podcast. And I'm so proud that Deacon made it through his surgery. I'm super grateful. I'm really grateful for sunshine. I live here in Charleston and it's just, I know a lot of people, in fact, I used to hate the summer because of body image issues. And now I'm like a redeemed summer lover because I don't, I don't care about what people think about my body anymore. And so I'm grateful for the sunshine and just being out in the sun. And I would say lastly, I'm super grateful for women. Talking to you today also just makes me super grateful for women and how resilient they are and that we can change our minds and that we can grow and that we can serve and that we can love each other and we can love others. And yeah, I love women. I'm sitting here thinking, I just want to say love, love all those, love that. But then I'm like, I need something new to say after she (laughs) speaks. But yes, thank you for sharing with us uh, four things that you are thankful for. And I'll definitely be sticking that I'm fine pullover in the mail. And then my sister owns, when you said coffee, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to send you some of my sister's coffee because she owns a little coffee shop in a small town in Colorado called Pagosa Springs and it's called Root House and it's the best coffee ever. So I'm going to send you a little care package as a thank you for coming on the podcast and for sending me your book because it was definitely a gift to me and I just would encourage all my listeners to go find Breaking Free from Body Shame. I've got it up on my Amazon page in my books and inspiration. So it's an easy way to find it. You want to make sure you're getting the right one. But uh, yeah, Breaking Free from Body Shame. Shout out Jess Connolly. Super proud of you. Super grateful for you, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll let you go pick up Deacon. I'm so glad his surgery went well. And thank you for still making the time, even though I know it was a hectic day for you. You got it. Awesome. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. 
Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. 